Well, welcome to the Good Talk Podcast, where we remind you of the joy of life, the love of God, and the possibilities that lie ahead. Episode 83 with Pete and Jordan. Why the DeMar Hamlin story has captured our hearts. Ooh. It really has. It has. It, I mean, Everybody. In a remarkable way, and, and I know at this time of this recording, we're about 10 days from the Monday night game where it actually happened, but it's unbelievable the way this has united people yeah. and just kind of broke our hearts in a lot of ways. Yeah, I think it just humanized the sport a little bit more and yeah. just seeing two opponents come together and like prayer and just community and obviously that extended to the entire nation and world. Yes. Um, so yeah, that was really, really cool. I'm yeah, and it's quite possible for our listeners, you may not be a big NFL fan. It might be possible you haven't even heard of DeMar Hamlin. That's okay. Because I think for me, what I wanted to do was the past week and a half, I've just been like, why is this story so, like you can't look away from it. Like yeah. you want to know the details. You want to know more. It's inspiring. It's a conversation starter everywhere you go. And as a lifelong student of human behavior, I couldn't let this event pass yeah. without digging a little deeper and asking the hard questions of why, why, why has this captured? So we're going to get into that in a minute. Yeah. And I, I think it, I, I, I think you'll all be able to see yourself in this story. So hang with us for a minute. Yeah. But we're just coming off Christmas break. This is our first podcast of the new year. Is this? Are we in? C, is this the beginning of season three? We've, we're still in season three. We've been in season three. Oh, we've three been in season three. Since the fall. Should this be season four? No, this is season three. We oh, it's still season years. three. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's okay. This is the relaunch this is why of you're season not the three. Producer. Um, no, yeah, we have had such a good little break. Um, and we had a really awesome Christmas. Oh, we awesome. two. We do like lots of Christmases, right? Between all the parents and kiddos, and um, we were here. We were in Georgia, so we just had the best time. And Pepper was at a really cute age this year. I, I knew she fun. would be, but she was actually like excited for new things. What do you think um, her favorite gift was? Oh gosh, I don't know. She loved so many of the things, like big, small. It didn't matter. No, yeah. I mean, you could give her honestly a box, and she would have been super pumped about that. But um, gosh, she got she just got so many great little gifts. She got a little rocker. She got um, like a broom and mop set. My brother and everyone was like, because we we have you know all kinds of cleaning things. We got her like a mini vacuum, yep. and he's like, "What are you doing to this girl? Like all she has is like kitchen stuff and cleaning stuff, and but that's what she wants. Like that's what she uses because she sees me do it, and so she thinks like, oh, 'Oh, I'm a big girl because yeah. I have a mop and a broom.' And meanwhile, people are driving by and our kids like sweeping the porch off. She so- sees me use cleaning supplies as well. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Hey, scoot a little closer Tons. to me. You look so nice today. You don't have to be way over Thanks. there. Need you a little closer. Okay. There you go. Oh man. Anyways, but we had a good New Year's. We set our goals last week, right? Yeah. So we did it a few days after the New Year. Usually the week, the first week of the New Year, kind of when the craziness is over, we go away for a date and sit down and review our goals together. Make sure we're on the same page. Kind of get excited about our vision for mm-hmm. the next year. And so, and I'm pumped. Yeah, we did it. We go. We always go somewhere, so you're not like in your house, which feels very normal, which mm-hmm. kind of keeps you in a box, even in your brain. So we went to like a local hotel, and they have this beautiful lobby. We went there, and we each take like 30 minutes. And I'm explaining this because you can still do this if you haven't done it. It's not too late. Obviously, you can do goals any time of the year, but this really works for us. And we have different categories, so we'll do like physical, mental. Um, 
personal growth, finances, finances and like family or relationship stuff. Um, and then you each take like 30 to 45 minutes by ourselves, set our goals, and then we each go back and forth repeating them. And then together we kind of like, if there were some similar ones, we'll kind of bond them together and be like, how can we do this together? What's the goals we need to do together? And it was really fun. It was. I love, I love it every it. year. And also, so many things to catch y'all up on. Uh, I did a ski trip with the boys. Oh, yeah. So we have our annual just boys trip. We go away just the boys. So yep. me and the three boys went to Snowshoe, West Virginia. Long drive. Long drive. And uh, they were dead set. They have, you know, skied the past few years. We've skied together and they've gotten their head that skiing is for old dorks. And so not true. I know, but that is in their head and they're like, we're snowboarding this year. I'm like, all right, if you're snowboarding, I'm snowboarding because the whole point of this trip is for us to hang. Yeah. So first day we do a snowboarding lesson together. It was a disaster for me. Just for I'm, you, though. <laughs> yes, I'm pretty good on skis. I mean, I'm not a great skier, but I can get around. And um, snowboarding just didn't click with me. I tried it. I tried to hang with them. I literally almost killed myself. Pretty sure I had multiple concussions. And I'm and finally, literally, I'm going down the slope on the first day on the snowboard. I've fallen so many times. I'm like, I'm done. And I did something I don't think I've ever done. I quit. Mid, like halfway down the mountain, I took the snowboard off and I walked my butt to the bottom of that. It took me like 30 minutes. It, yeah. I was done. I done. Can, I know you when you are done with something because you can't get it. You get more frustrated yourself for not being yes. able to get it. But then you add the level of fear of like danger and yeah. like I could really hurt myself. And well, that adds another level. And I was kind of fresh because they picked it up right away. So they're gone. Like I am <laughs> like dealing with the concussions on my own, oh my right? Picking myself up. With the, <laughs> so so, I, was, so I, I, I got rid of the snowboard, put skis on, hung out with them. We had a blast. Yeah. y'all. So much fun. I love doing adventures with them. Yeah. And it's an exhausting couple of days. It is. You're just constantly going. I say with Pepper, I let them have their boys trip every year happily because I am a bull in a china shop and I would oh, be we're the gonna, one we're gonna, falling we're going down the to slopes. take you with us soon. No, I'll just sit in a hot tub somewhere. Y'all can y'all can do the tearing of the ACLs and I will yeah. hang back with Miss Pepper. But well, that's fun. Yeah, it was awesome. So happy New Year. Now we're back into the swing of things. We had a really busy January, but uh, it's an awesome January. Some really cool opportunities. and Yeah. Yeah. Well, good stuff. Well, let's talk about DeMar Hamlin. Okay, let's get back to this. And tell people like what happened and who he is, because okay. not everyone may know. So, in case you don't know the story, 10 days ago or so, Monday Night Football, it is the uh, Bills against the Bengals, and very early in the game, in fact, I think the timestamp is like 8.55 Eastern when this happened, um, DeMar Hamlin attempts to make a, a tackle, Goes into cardiac arrest on live television. I don't know how many minutes that he was on the field. I want to say it was eight minutes, something like that. Know. But for eight minutes, they're using uh, the defibrillator. Def- defibrillator. Yep. And doing CPR. And um, I think on the field might have gotten him back. But obviously, it was very dicey for a while. They something I've never seen happen before. They canceled the game. Like mm-hmm. coaches came together with the ref. They're like, we we can't continue this game after just seeing this. I mean, players are in tears. I mean, bawling, crying. Mm-hmm. They're on their knees praying, and and so that kind of is what got me going. It's like 
unless you have been living in some Wi-Fi-less location for the past week and a half, you've heard about this story. You've probably followed this story. And it, and it, if, it, if the story reached you, the story touched you. And the question for me was, why, why did this have such a big impact? You know, was it that we saw these huge, gigantic men just crying and that really moved us? Was it listening to the commentators as they struggled for, you know, up to 10 minutes trying to fill the time when they were obviously shocked and devastated as well? And you heard commentators talking about things like prayer and coming together in a way that you never had. You know, was it that you heard that his mom made it to the ambulance just in time to make the trip with them? And you're kind of tapping into as a parent, what would that have been like to have watched that happen to your son and then be in that ambulance? Like, I, you know, again, at first glance, I'm like, I don't, I don't know what it was like that was initially, maybe it was a mixture of, of all those things. But for me, I kind of analyzed it. And I think there are three things that, that happened for the majority of us when we either observed the story or heard about the story right after it happened mm-hmm. that, that created something kind of new inside of us that maybe we hadn't felt before. Okay. So the three things are, I think the first thing that happened is we were all reminded of the brevity of life. Yeah. In that moment, Right, deep down inside, and we all know this. Deep down inside, we know we're not going to live forever. Mm-hmm. We know that, but it's also not something we probably think about on a super regular basis. Yeah, and I'm, and I don't think that we should, in the sense of live in fear every day that we're going to die. But I also think it's equally as unhealthy to go through your life never thinking about the f- fragility of life. Mm-hmm. Did I get that word right? Fragility. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because we're not, you know, every day is a gift. And I think we saw this young man in tip-top health condition, yeah. at least externally, right? And all of a sudden he goes down and he's not breathing. And we're like, whoa. And it, I think it put us in touch with that a little bit. And it, I think when you, you know, witness the absolute preciousness of life and how quickly it can change on a dime, it does something to you. And it was a reminder that, you know, this is all just a game. It's, it's all just work. It's all just fluff. It's a job for sure. But in the end, it can be taken from us in an instant. Yeah. And, and I think that moved me. Did that, I mean, did that cross your mind? Yeah. I mean, I think what you said, which is what crossed my mind initially, was like, you look at these people and think, oh, they've got it all together. They're pro athletes. They're at the tip top shape. And I'm sure he is in every way, yep. except for obviously something with his heart. But, um, yeah, you just don't think that they are privy to that kind of danger. So then your brain goes to, okay, if he can just drop on the field, like, and then you start thinking about your loved one. It's just a, it's a compounding effect. And you have some clients that you work with who their response was like, oh gosh, like I'm, I'm, this could happen to me. Yeah, I'm super successful. My success cannot stop ultimately what my body can't handle and I think it was just a very sobering thing and helps you really in my mind like prioritize pretty quickly yeah at least for a moment yeah yeah I'm going to talk a little more about this in a second but you said it in the intro there's something about all of a sudden we're reminded of our our humanness Mm -hmm. right and so um, I think no matter how much money you make 
or don't make, no matter how successful you are or aren't. In that moment, we were reminded that we're actually very much all, all the, same. the same. Yeah. And that this gift of life can be taken away at any second. And and it was a reminder of that. And and somehow as Hamlin laid on that field completely helpless, not even breathing, and we saw all these people rush to help him. I think there's a part of us, even in situations where it's not um like life or death, mm-hmm. we all go through these ups and downs, right? We find ourselves in helpless situations where we're stuck. We can't, we cannot do something for ourselves. We need other people to intervene. Yeah. And I think there's something about watching that player lay on the field and have other people rush to help him that we all kind of tapped into this, this deep thing we have inside of us that should we ever find ourselves in a helpless situation, we hope that there's people that rush to our aid. Yeah. And that's an emotional, that's like right now thinking about that for me, that's emotional to think about being in a situation where I'm completely helpless and I need other people to help me. And that hope that if and when that happens in my life, there will be others there. Yeah, that's so true. So that that was the first thing that I kind of identified. The second thing is somewhat similar, but I, I think that he reminded us all of our human struggle. Um this is true of all of us, and we I think maybe we've talked about this on the podcast before, but we love stories about the underdog. Mm-hmm. We love comeback stories. For you, it's Cinderella, mm-hmm. right? The most likely of people who not qualified, not the obvious choice, through her kindness and courage, becomes the princess. Mm-hmm. I love stories like Rudy. <laughs> yeah. You know, where the guy shouldn't even be on the field, but he gets on the field and then he makes an amazing play. There's something inside of all of us. There's a comeback story mm-hmm. that we all want to believe in, a redemption story. And I think we saw some of that playing out, you know, because we all find ourselves in situations where the odds are stock- stacked against us. Um, and it, what a lot of people don't know uh, about this young man, we think he's a, a big NFL star because he is now a household name. Mm-hmm. But before this happened, he was not. Yeah. Like most of us, he was not a star. He just wasn't. He wasn't the team's first choice. He wasn't even supposed to be playing in that game. The only reason he was playing in that game is because the player in front of him was injured. I didn't know that. He is only guaranteed this year in the NFL to make $160,000. Wow. So we're not talking about, you know, so every day, He's in a weight room working out with players who are making millions and millions and millions of dollars. He's not. Mm-hmm. He gets into a game that he wasn't supposed to be in. Uh, you know, so we, we kind of like lean forward like, oh, this is a comeback. And then that happens, right? But we couldn't shake that comeback story. And we're seeing that play out. I feel like this is one of the reasons his story has gotten even more momentum since the day it happened is they've been tracking his, his comeback. Right, and he may never play. I, I haven't heard anybody discuss this. My guess is, at least doctors will recommend that he never plays football again. I don't know. I could be totally wrong about that. That's my guess. Nobody's really talking about that because nobody cares about that right now. What mm-hmm. they care about is he's actually breathing on his own. Yeah, he's home now. He just went home. Mm-hmm. Like, but we are rooting for him because we're also rooting for ourselves. We all know. That there's times that we need to come back. There's times where the odds are against us, and we need that that push, right? And I, I think that kind of unlocked that that mm-hmm. sense of 
optimism, right? That sense of you can do this. And so everybody is cheering for him. Yeah, it's so good. It's so true. Yeah, I, I love it. And I, I think another cool part of the story, too, that also reminds us of just the human struggle is so this young man's mother runs a daycare for poor children. And uh, he started a GoFundMe page. This is before all of this happened to raise money for the kids. He was in college, actually, when he started this. His goal was Mm $2,500 to raise. There's something about that for us that also is very, you know, if the goal had been $5 million, we'd have been like, you know, I don't know. Put your feet on the ground. His goal was $2,500 was his goal. Now, at the time of this recording, I think it's close to $9 million. I think it'll get past ten. It may even hit $15 million because people tapped into this comeback story. Mm -hmm. They want to believe in this young man. They want to believe in his future. They want to believe in the heart that he had before this event happened to help, you know, impoverished kids. And it just tapped into something for us. And I I just, I, I love the fact that his... His dream, his vision to help kids was so modest. Yeah, I agree. And it's, you know, people tap into wanting to give back because they want to like redeem this horrible accident as well. Like you want to somehow feel a part of like, let's make something good come of this besides just because ultimately like what happened to him, I think I forget what the percentage was with his heart happening at the same time as the tackle was a very low percentage that happening again. So it's not like you can like raise awareness for cardiac health because it was such a strange Mm -hmm. thing. Um, So it's cool that it's inviting a community of people into a cause that he cared about to kind of support him in that way. Um, And on top of all of that, you're talking about like people backing up, you know, the, the recovery, the redemption and all of that. And I think I'm not trying to take this negative, but I think it's so easy to get behind somebody who's like doing good, has continued to do well. Something happens that, was not their fault and then continue to boost them up. Yep. I think it's also really yep. important to be when something happens that maybe was their fault or maybe is a bad decision to still be that community of people mm. coming behind them and lifting them up and saying, how can we help? Yep. Um, because, and I, I'm not saying we shouldn't support circumstances like this one. This is amazing and incredible, but I just, it was a reminder to me too, how easy it is to be like, yeah, like let's get behind him. But then there's, our best friends, our parent, our, you know, husband or whomever who actually needs the pat on the back. Yes, you know? absolutely. But anyway. and, and beyond that, this kind of leads to the third point, which I think is by far the most important thing that happened across our country, maybe around the world, was that he and that moment melted our divisiveness. Yes. And we all know, we've talked about this a lot, we live in an unbelievably divisive country these days. And there is a constant temptation to put people into all these different categories. Um, And in that moment, all of those categories melted away and we saw a hurting human being. Mm -hmm. Like, he reminded us that above everything else, we are not Republicans and Democrats. We're not vaxxers and, and anti-vaxxers. We're not kneelers and standers for the national anthem. We're not Christians or Buddhists or whatever. 
we are first and foremost human beings Mm -hmm. that are on a very similar journey. And we tend to forget that we're on a similar journey because of all these different categories that we put people in. And we think that we're so different and we think so differently. And how could they vote that way? How could they believe that? In that moment, all that melted away. Mm -hmm. And what we saw was this human being. And, and, you know, even this week, national networks are breaking away from what I consider to be some of the ridiculousness that's been happening in Washington, D.C., some of the buffoonery that's been happening in Washington. They break away from that story to give us an update on Hamlin. I watched an ESPN anchor in the middle of a broadcast stop and pray Mm -hmm. on air. And as far as I know, I heard nobody complain about it. Yeah. Now, any other day, somebody stops on the air to pray. Mm-hmm. You're gonna get, people are gonna be throwing a fit. Like, what are they doing? What kind of agenda are they trying to push? Or they're trying to convince me that I need to pray, that we should all be praying, that I need to believe. None of that. Nobody felt that. Nobody. The agendas melted, and what they saw was just an anchor who is moved enough and believes enough because his faith informs him that prayer changes things. That he wanted to pray on air, and he did so, and nobody threw a fit about it. Yeah. Because the categories were gone. Yeah. Right? And so what I thought about is when is the last time that you just sat back and you wished another person well, regardless of their political bent, their skin color, their religious preference, their personality, or their ability? And I bet you did that with Hamlin. And you did not care about what he believed or didn't believe. You don't care about whether he knelt or he stood. You don't care about skin. You don't care about any of that. In that moment, you cared about a human being and you were wishing him well. And there's something that's right about that. Mm-hmm. And we all felt that. Mm-hmm. Even though it was it was painful, we all felt a this is the way it should be kind of thing, right? Yeah. Because, you know, he's human. And because I think what he helped us do is remember that we're human too. Yeah. We're human too, and it's something we maybe have desired and didn't get. Or, you know, like there's so many. It triggers a lot of different things for different people. Um, But yeah, I think it was a very, it was one of the most powerful. I've heard the anchor saying like, this is the most powerful event I've ever experienced. And obviously at first it wasn't powerful. I mean, it was powerful in a bad way. Like we were all in fear, but now it's just been this like, united thing it's similar not at all in circumstance but like what a terrorist attack can do and things like that which again just levels people to humanity um so it's it's just um the hard part that i struggle with is like you really can't manufacture that and how do you continue to live like that with that perspective of people um and it's just sad that sometimes it takes that to kind of level everybody again but you know my my skeptic in my brain's like well everyone's just gonna get back to Mm -hmm. how it was and maybe that's true but maybe it did change people some people to a core maybe it really rocked certain people maybe it rocked him yeah (laughs) you know who knows but like obviously it did but i just think you know i can get in my head about like why can't we just live like this all the time because i'm obviously guilty of not um in a lot of circumstances but um yeah it's just it's it's amazing what that can do even in one or two people, if yeah. it was just a few people's lives. And, and I think the, to, the point to your question of, you know, does it create lasting change? That's unknown at this point. But what I do think we all have the power to do is to choose to use this as a catalytic event to say, wow, maybe all the categories I've created for people, uh, maybe, uh, maybe 
I, I need to do less categor, categorization of people and start viewing people as human that, you know, broken human beings that are on a similar journey to me mm-hmm. so that your empathy increases. Yeah. Maybe what we need to do is be more uh, intentional about remembering the brevity of life. And there's ways to do that. Scripture talks about teach us to number our days, right? There's a way in which you can live. Not where you're obsessed with the fact that you're mm-hmm. not going to be here forever, but you live aware and you live in such a way that, you know, you want to add meaning to life. We've done an exercise on the podcast before where you kind of write your your last will and testament, right? And the whole goal of that was so that you live with the end in mind. And so maybe this helps people live a little more with the end in mind of what do I really want to be remembered for? How do I really want to live my life? And as if the story couldn't get like any more magical, you know, of course he starts breathing um, without the tube. He's improving. The Bills get to their next game opening kickoff against the Patriots, and they run the ball, the kickoff, back for a touchdown, something that hasn't happened for the Bills in 18 years. The opening kickoff, they ended up running two back, but they run it back. You know, it was a nail-biter to the game. It was a nail-biter through the first half. Second half, they pull away from the Patriots. They win the game. And I love this. I looked up the transcript of this. Jim Nance, who's a famous broadcasters calling the game right and this this was his quote he said uh, love for demar um love for demar it was definitely in the air not just here all across the league and this nation and then he asked this question that seemed to kind of for me sum up the whole week and really this whole event he said the love the support and the prayers why can't we live like this every day that like that's it it's like it's what you just said. It's like, why can't we live like this every day? And we can. Maybe not with that kind of intensity, but we can learn to live our lives right every day with love, support, and prayers. And if we did, I think the quality of our life would go up. Yeah. I remember, um, just to end this, it, the, uh, when he woke up in the hospital, he asked if they had won the game. Yeah. And the doctors told him, you won the game of life. That's right. And um, there's now like t-shirts, you've won the game of life. Like all these kinds of things. And I think even that sentiment is like really sobering and really beautiful it at is. the same time. So that's We've so all, if you're listening to this right yeah, now, you've won the, you've game, won of the game of life. Yeah. Right. And, and we tend to focus on all the things that are going wrong and the things that we fail at and all that. But We've won the game of life. Like we're here, we're breathing. We still have an opportunity to live a life that is centered around love, support, prayer, encouragement, removing the boxes, living life as if it is truly a gift. And so I don't know how long this stays with me. I don't know how long this stays with the nation and other people, but, and I hate it for this young man, but I'm grateful for what this event has done to the hearts of people. Yeah, it's so true. It's really good. It goes back to what we always say, like living in gratitude just changes your perspective It of sure life. does. So, and, I, and you know he's grateful. I promise you he's living with <laughs> tremendous gratitude right now. Yeah. And uh, so are a lot of us. Yeah. Thank you. That was really good. Hopefully we... I need to like stick with it, you know, yep. like just again, it's intentional. We talk about that all the time on the podcast, but we're glad to be back. You guys, um, it's 2023. We've got some Woo-hoo. good stuff coming this year. I'm excited. I can't wait. It's, it's going to be a great year. And, um, I, I love this time of year. We talk about it a lot, but I think it's an exciting time of year. It's a fresh start. It's a new beginning. And uh, I hope that you'll take advantage of it. And I hope it starts right here with this, this idea of love, support, encouragement, prayer. Like, 
that that while it might not get you to your big goal or your new year's resolution it will make the journey towards it a lot more uh meaningful yeah that's true well uh we will be back next week and that was another good good talk. talk